But it is great to be here this morning, uh, whether you're here in the worship center online or over in the chapel. Um, we are 15 sleeps away from Christmas, and so... Yeah, hopefully you've downloaded your app. If not, I'll keep you, I'll keep you honest uh, with that. Um, but we're in this series, Great Expectations. It's our Advent series. Advent is what we Christians call the Christmas season uh, as we anticipate the expectant uh, celebration of gathering here for the celebration of the birth of Christ. And we've been looking at sort of the, the Advent topics of hope, love, peace and joy. And, and, and we're looking at those because really, if we were to be honest, all of us are expectant of those things. All of us desire to have hope. All of us desire to have love and joy and peace. And this morning, we're going to be looking at joy. In fact, the joy candle uh, that was lit here earlier in the service really um, symbolizes not just the joy of, of us expecting that, that time of celebration of Christ's coming, but the actual joy that he has brought because he has come the joy that's accessible to each and every one of us. And so as we look at joy, uh, we want to be sure, what are we really talking about when we look at Christian joy, when we talk about what the Bible means by joy? Because I find that many times, I don't know about you, um, but I've found that, that happiness and joy can often be confused with one another. Happiness and joy can be confused with one another. And joy and happiness are, are, are related in the sense that they're similar emotions, but they're not the same. Happiness is often described as an intense and fleeting emotion. Happiness is very much dictated by the circumstances around us. If things are going well, usually we're happy. In fact, if things are going well, we're not happy. We wonder, is there something going on that we need to take care of? Joy, on the other hand, isn't dictated by the circumstances around us. It's an enduring and stable emotional state. It's enduring. It's not dictated by, by external things. It's really defined by a contentment, a well-being, a satisfaction in one's life. Now, where does that come from? Well, the Bible is very clear. In Christian theology, in our biblical understanding of joy, joy is often considered a deep and abiding sense of gladness that's in contentment that arises from a close relationship with God. So here's the difference. Happiness dictated by what? External circumstances. Joy is determined by our relationship with God, which means that even in the midst of difficult situations, we can still have what? Joy. We can still have joy. And so as we look at joy, we keep that in mind. Let me illustrate it this way, just so we make sure we understand the difference. Imagine two people. Uh, they're facing adversity. One is, is a person of deep faith. They have a relationship with Christ. The other one has not. And they both have lost their job. They both face financial uncertainty. Now, the non-believer becomes despondent and overwhelmed with worry, leading to a sense of hopelessness and despair. Their happiness is shattered. It's shattered because it's largely dependent on external circumstances. On the other hand, you have the believer, the Christian, who's certainly affected by the loss. And I want to make that really clear. Uh, they experience moments of sadness and concern, but they're anchored in Christ. There's the difference. The believer's anchored in Christ. They turn to prayer. They seek guidance. They, they, they receive comfort from God. They find support within their Christian community. And that makes all the difference. See, the Christian joy is evident not because they are immune to life's challenges. And let me just say that again, because I think that's so important for us as believers to understand. 
That when we say yes to Jesus Christ, this side of paradise, we are not immune from life's challenges. Have you found that to be true? I've had many conversations over the years with new believers who thought when they said yes to Jesus that the challenges were going to go away. By the way, if that's you, I hate to spoil alert, that's not the way it works. Uh, paradise will be that, but we're not in paradise yet. Right, church? So let me read it again. The Christian joy is evident not because they are immune to life's challenges, but because their joy is rooted in their relationship with God. That's the game changer. Not the circumstances around us, but who we're rooted in. If we're rooted in the stuff of earth, we'll find that the stuff of earth dictates how we feel and how we react to things. If we're rooted in Christ, then he dictates how we react to the world around us. And dare I say, not only do we, but the world around us needs to see Christ's church being led by him, not the stuff that's happening. There's nothing worse than, than for us to be the light unto the world, but when they look to see if there is light, for us to be a part of the chaos. We should be the ones bringing peace and joy into the situations. Not happiness. Happiness is that giddy person in the midst of a challenging situation. Everything's great, everything's great, and you look at them and go, you're crazy. <laughs> That's not what God's calling us to. He's calling us to have joy, a contentment in him. To be able to say, I don't know how we're going to get through this, but we will. I've often said, as, as a follower of Christ, I know the end of the story. And so no matter what happens in the midst of the challenge, I know that for eternity I'll be with Jesus. So no matter how challenging things are on this side of, of heaven, it, it's temporary. <laughs> it's temporary. It may not be fun all the time, but it's temporary. God is faithful. He gives us what we need in those moments. And throughout the Bible is the teaching of, of this Christian joy, this biblical joy, this joy that comes from God. But I want to start off by looking at Psalm 30, verse 5. It's a profound verse. Profound verse. It says, for his anger, God's anger, for his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, why is this such a profound verse? Because first of all, God's anger and our weeping are parallel together and they're both momentary. Isn't that good to remember? When we think about the wrath of God, the anger of God, it's momentary. When we think about our weeping, our sorrow, it's momentary. You say, well, how, what's, how long is momentarily? I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's all according to your situation. Momentary could be the time we spend on earth, which we think is a long time, but when you compare it to eternity, it's nothing to be compared. But catch this. God's favor is paralleled with joy, and it lasts a lifetime. Now, how long is a lifetime for a believer? Eternal. It's eternal. So you have this momentary anger weeping. You have this eternal favor and joy. And what's the psalmist want us to understand? That genuine joy is found in the Lord. Genuine joy is found in the Lord. And the book of Psalms, by the way, is an amazing book. It, it helps us deal with a wide range of emotions. If you've ever read through the book of Psalms, they're, they're, they're quite amazing and very interesting. Sometimes, for instance, in David's Psalms, I, I've often said he comes across a little schizophrenic because he'll often start a psalm and say, God, where are you? <laughs> Have you ever felt that way? Come on, you're in church. I'm the only one. <laughs> God, where are you? Where are you? And then he works his way through it. And, and by the end, he goes, but I know you're faithful. Ever been there? God, I don't see you in this situation. And 
I wish I could see you in this, but I know you're faithful. I know you're there. And throughout the Psalms, we have all this range of emotions. And how do we deal with them? And how do we, how do we then pray? And how do we reflect on God's care? How do we do these things? If you want to know, study the Psalms. Study the Psalms. And you'll find the beauty of just honesty before God. Honesty before God. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you have ever been upset with God? <laughs> and we're afraid to tell him. As if he didn't know. If I don't say it, he won't know it. Oh, he does. It's best to learn how to respectfully express our emotions before God so he can work us through them and bring us to a place of joy. Amen, church? And the Psalms do that. Right here in Psalm 35, your anger, your, this, 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 these weeping, it's, it's just for a moment, God, but your favor, your joy is for eternity for those of us who are in you. Genuine joy is found in God. The book of Psalms helps us grow in knowing God and how to, how to really walk as believers. And so I just encourage you, jump, jump into that book. Dig deep into the book of Psalms. Also, as we look at the scripture, it's throughout scripture, this understanding of joy, but it's certainly in the Christmas account. I, I love this account from the, uh, the time when the angels appeared to the shepherds, Luke 10, 10 through 11. Here's just a portion of that account. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you news of great joy. Think about that, news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I bring you this great news of great joy. And, and of course, what an amazing moment as these angels pop out of nowhere. He says, don't be afraid. Yeah, right. And, and all this is going on. An angelic choir is going to appear. And I've been in those fields. And even with the modern lighting of Bethlehem and Jerusalem a little far off, they are dark. I mean, this is dark field. All of a sudden, these angels come out and they're proclaiming this amazing great news to the shepherds. And in this is a moment of, of really great significance because it's symbolizing the hope that joy brought to the world and received by those who believe. Think about that, those who believe. So it says what? Great joy for all people. And so it's, it's accessible to everyone, but it's only received by those who receive Christ. The good news is that the Lord has come, bringing greater joy than the, to the world than any other news. But why? Because the genuine joy found in the Lord was made available to all who receive Christ. Camp there just for a minute. Let that, that, that simmer into your soul. That joy is accessible to us through Jesus. There's a genuine joy out there, but, but it's no good to know there's genuine joy if you can't get to it. But in Jesus Christ, we can. And that's the great news. That's the great news for any of us here this morning. It's the great news for anyone in the world to realize that if you feel lost, if you feel without joy, that you can, accept, you can, you can receive it as you receive Christ and focus on him. But the reality is, even during the Advent season, and we've been looking at this at each of the Advent messages, that there are things that can sort of rob us of what God wants to do in our life. And there are joy robbers out there. Not just people, by the way. Situations. There are distractions. We've looked at this over the last couple of weeks. The busyness and consumerism of the holiday season can divert Christians from really focusing on the significance of Advent. Now, by the way, I love the sacred to the silly. I've already shared that. I do. I love almost everything about this season. I even like the crowded malls. I don't go often this time of year, but when I'm there, I like the lights and everything else. But they can distract us from the real reason why we're to celebrate Christ. 
How about stress? Anyone feel that right now? There's nervous laughter happening all over the room. You know, preparing for Christmas can be stressful. Isn't it interesting that what we're celebrating at Christmas time is the arrival of this joy that should allow us just to breathe? And it stresses us out. One gathering to the other. Oh, I got to get this thing. Oh, Amazon's late on that. Anyone experienced that this year? I have. All the stuff that's going on. Got to focus on Jesus. There's loss and grief. That's outside our control. For those who are experiencing loss and grief, the holidays can be a difficult time. It can rob us of our joy if we focus on the grief instead of focusing on the one who can deliver us from it. There's expectations, unrealistic expectations, and there's worldly concerns. I mean, this is a real one. There's worries about the state of the world or our personal challenges that, that may dampen our joy. And it's, we look at the stuff of earth and we go, God, where are you? And the Lord's like, I am working. I am working. I am present. But if we're not aware of that, we can get wrapped up into the chaos all around us, can't we? I mean, just start having conversations with people. All the concerns we have for the world. And the reality is we can go to really dark places. And it's not that it shouldn't move us to want to be a light for Christ in those places, but we should never be overcome by the darkness because the one in us has already overcome the world. That doesn't give us joy. I don't know what will. There's a lack of spiritual connection. I mean, that's, that's just the reality, right? I, the reality is this, that there is genuine joy available to us, but only to those who receive Christ. And if you haven't received Christ, you don't have that spiritual connection. There's just really no joy. There may be happiness, but that's fleeting. What God wants to do is more, more is deeper. It's broader. Joy, joy. So what the angel proclaimed here, I'm here to give you great news of great joy, but it's for all people. There is genuine joy in, in, in God. And you can receive it through Jesus Christ. And if that's not the Christmas message, I don't really know what is. See, the joy of the Lord is not just for a season. It's everlasting. If we go back to the psalm, Psalm 1611, the psalmist writes, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your presence. Now, let me ask you a question, okay? Sunday school question, okay? Where is God not present? Nowhere. I already heard the answer. Yeah, you can just say Jesus. That's the, uh, anytime in Sunday school, if you don't know the answer, say Jesus. That works. But, but he's always present. He's present everywhere. You see, in the darkest places, yeah, he's present. And, and so what, do, what does the psalm say? That in the, you make known to me the path of life. In your what presence there is fullness of joy. That means no matter what we're going through, God is present. And if he's present and we're aware of it, he can give us joy in the midst of even some dark situations. He can lift us up when the world's trying to pound us down. He can give us what we need. But we have to be aware of what? His presence. To stop. Take a breath. And say, Lord, you're here. I wonder what that would does this morning. I mean, you know, you come to church and you go, well, we're here to do church. Now we're here because we are the church. And we're here to worship a living God, who, by the way, was present before we arrived and was with us the whole time. And so when we come in to worship, and, and maybe you feel overwhelmed by something this morning, maybe the best thing to do is right now, the best, take a breath. God is here. God is here. 
He's present. And where the presence of the Lord is, there is fullness of joy. Joy. The joy experienced in God, in God's presence is not just temporary thing, it's eternal. Think about it. The genuine joy found in the Lord was made available to all who receive Christ and is not temporary but eternal. Wrap your mind around that. Try to. It's immense. It's life-altering. The, the finding eternal joy comes only through our faith in Christ. And, and the path, this path of life that he's given to us is one in which we live this fellowship with God, experiencing his joy, extending from today into the unforeseen future. And so there are joy robbers in the world. Let me challenge you this morning. Be a joy receiver. Let me challenge you even further. Don't just be a joy receiver. Be a joy spreader. Be a joy spreader. Find yourself in those situations when people are talking about, man, the world is crazy. And here you go. Say, yeah, the world is crazy, but God is good. Come on, say it with me. The world is crazy, but God is good. All right, now we're going to say it like we really believe it. <laughs> the world is crazy. Here you go. Here's the part we got to say loud and proud, right? But God is good. Yeah, there you go. All the time. God is good. I was thinking about this. Imagine, in just a week and a half, some of us will be gathering for a Christmas Eve service. You say, that's not Christmas Eve. Well, we don't know when Christmas Eve really was, so it works. <laughs> Two weeks from now, most people will be gathering for Christmas Eve here. Right? So we're gathering them. Think about it. We'll be coming in and there'll be this sort of the sound of silent night. We'll be radiating. We'll be doing candle lighting. I mean, it, it's going to be brilliant. We're going to come and we're going to celebrate the, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, we've been building up this anticipation. It's just going to explode on Christmas Eve. And as I think about it, I think just as Mary and Joseph eagerly awaited the birth of Jesus, just as they eagerly awaited the birth of Jesus, we too can find eternal joy in Christ's presence in our lives. Not just in the anticipation of Christmas Eve, but in this expectancy of what God has done in our life. This great reminder that Jesus came because he loves us so profoundly that he came not just to show up, but he came with a mission. To die for our sins, be resurrected for our salvation. And the, the, the expectant joy we find in Christ, like a, like a candle's flame, can burn brightly. It can burn eternally if we keep our faith alive and our hearts open to the gift of salvation that Christmas presents. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray even now, open our hearts, open our minds to an awareness of your presence that fills us with your joy overflowing to the world around us. Because the genuine expectant joy found in the Lord is made available to all who receive Christ. And check this out. It's not temporary. It's eternal. And celebrating the Christmas, Advent season, let's be reminded of this genuine joy that's available to us. More than be reminded, let's receive it. More than receiving it, let's be those who scatter it to those around us. Practice the presence of God. How easy it is, how easy it is to even come to a service like this, go through the whole service and forget who the audience really is. It's not us. 
It's him. And he always shows up. So no matter where you find yourself this morning, let me just encourage you. Take a breath. Be aware of the presence of God. Let his joy engulf you. And if you're dealing with a situation that's so overwhelming and you feel so alone, let me remind you of two things. Number one, God is present. And we as his church are supposed to be here for one another. And we are. And so if you need something, please don't leave here without letting one of us pray over you, encourage you, help you figure out your next step. The Christian life is a journey after all. And oh, what a journey it is. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much just for the, uh, the privilege of gathering with my brothers and sisters this morning. To be able to open up our doors, realizing that some, Lord God, who have come in are probably just checking you out. They're not sure what they, what they think about you, Lord Jesus. Some may be even questioning whether you exist. And it, it amazes me because the God who they're questioning whether or not he exists is a God who loves them so deeply. And I pray, Father, that they would just feel, experience, that they would just be overwhelmed by your love this morning. But you draw them to you through your love. God, would you just meet with us, continue to meet with us in this moment in a unique and special way, wherever we're going through, whether we're in the worship center online, whether, Lord God, we're down in the chapel, that you'll meet us personally and help us understand, Lord God, how can we fully understand and receive the joy you have for us? Understanding that as we go through life, there are things that are going to try to rob us. And at times they succeed. But Lord, as we're in Christ, we're able to, to receive that, that fullness of joy over and over and over again as we respond to you. Make us aware of this beautiful privilege of being your child. God, I pray if anyone's yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, that's the first step. This joy is genuine. It's available, but it's only available through Jesus. And I pray, Lord, if anyone's yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, but even now in the quietness of their heart, they would say, yes, Lord, come into my life. Thank you for dying for my sins, being resurrected for my salvation. Thank you for the work you've done so that I can have this relationship with you and have that fullness of joy from now to eternity. And Lord, those of us who have made that decision, I pray that you would remind us of that this morning. Even in a moment as we take communion, a time of remembrance. May that time of remembrance be not just a remembrance of what you've done, but what you're doing, what you're yet to do. May it give us confidence and a joy that's found only in you. Lord, we love you. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.